0: When you approach your life from the consciousness of your higher self, the knowing how worthy you are, every aspect of your life begins to change. Your relationships, your career, your self-care, your body image, everything. Because this is the process of unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. True success starts with knowing how much you deserve. Following your higher self is an awakening process and it's no easy feat, but as you will hear from the callers on this podcast, our paths might look different, but our journey is the same. Welcome to Exo Higher Self. Hey cuties, welcome to episode 56. It is so wonderful to be here with you. How has your week been? I know a lot of people are getting into new routines, school started, unemployment benefits ended, (laughs) Venus moved into Scorpio. Yeah, it definitely feels like we're turning a new leaf, which is exciting, you know? New beginnings are always good. There are new opportunities to change your perspective or be nicer to yourself and believe in yourself even more. You know, the other day I was riding in our car and thinking about like, do you ever just see all these different cars like on the highway or something and you're like, wow, all of these people came from somewhere and they're going somewhere and they each have their own life and their own problems and their own friends and family and jobs and podcasts they listen to. It's so easy to get like so absorbed in your life, you know, and you just look around and it's like all of these people are absorbed in theirs. There are so many of us, and we're all going to different places, but we're all looking for the same thing, right? To have love, happiness, and fulfillment in our lives. The way we differ is we have different ideas of how to get those things, Our world tells us if we succeed in A, B, or C, then we will have those things. Career or family or the right partner or fame and admirers. Maybe it's being the best athlete or academic. Maybe being, you know, the best number one spiritual healer. Whatever it is, whatever path we take, whatever goals we have, No matter how honorable they are, they are not the key to love, happiness, and fulfillment. They are temporary fillers. Yes, meeting your goals can make you feel fulfilled, but that will fade away and a new goal will fill its place. And what if you didn't meet your goal? What if something happened and what if you couldn't do it? Does that mean you failed? Does that mean you will never be content? I just watched this really interesting new show on Netflix. It's called Losers. It's about athletes who lost major sporting events and what happened as a result. So much of what's out there is about the winners, right? Because we're all about winning in this culture. We don't hear about the people who never achieved that dream, who worked so hard but didn't make it. Well, the first episode of the series, it's like a docu-series, and each episode focuses on a different story. The first episode of the series was my favorite. I was so moved by it. It was about this boxer, Michael Bennett, and his whole life, his father forced him to be a boxer, and he wanted to please his father. And before you watch, I just want to say, give a trigger warning that there is a lot of talk about domestic abuse And honestly, it was hard even for me to watch because I absolutely hate watching boxing. You know, any form of violence, really, it's like really difficult for me to watch. So I just kind of turned away. But his journey from almost being like the biggest boxing champion to failing at that and nearly dying and the inner awakening of that experience was such a beautiful example of how so often we're looking for our truth in places where it isn't. And the rejection or so-called failure that we experience can be an opening to a deeper meaning and purpose in our lives. It was so beautiful to see how he turned his experience into living a higher purpose, one with the goal of spreading more love in the world. And to me, you know, we have to live our lives, right? We're here for the experience. I'm not saying you don't have goals in your life, but knowing the reason, you know, knowing the purpose of those goals as to not fill a void within yourself, but to use the connection of love within you to shine outward. It's the knowing you already are enough and using that power to create a more peaceful, loving world in your own unique way. In truth, we have all we need within ourselves. We don't have to prove anything, but we go around trying to score points to show ourselves that we're good enough all of the time. And in that pursuit, what so often happens is we lose our true power. It's funny, this human journey, you know, all the goals and the experiences, all of them eventually lead us back to ourselves, where we realize that that is what we had been searching for all along. So yes, (laughs) you're what you're searching for. All right, before we get to the questions, I just want to give a reminder that I am hosting my very first ever live Zoom Higher Self Talk and Q&A, much like the format of this podcast. That will be on September 25th. And if you sign up to be a patron on our Patreon channel before September 25th, you can attend this live Zoom If you're unable to attend that specific day and time, I am going to be sharing an audio and video recording of it for everybody that is a patron as well. So if you haven't subscribed to our Patreon, that is an amazing incentive. You know, you can ask me questions directly. I think it's gonna be really, really fun and it's gonna be awesome to expand the way that we do this work, you know, into a different medium. So I'm really excited about that, and I'm gonna be hosting them every single month. And when you become an Angels member of our Patreon, you can attend those every month. So it's gonna be really, really fun. So make sure to meet that deadline of September 25th so I can see you at the event. Another thing that I wanna remind you of is that we started the Higher Self Community Discord page, and it's been so super cute so far. Right now we have about, like, 360 members. And some people were never even on Discord before, so that's really cool that they signed up. It's free. Everybody's invited. And what I've decided to do is expand the discussion of each podcast episode on the Discord channel. So today... The first day that this episode is out, I'm going to be starting a thread just to get feedback about what you thought about the questions or the episodes or any of my responses, or if you want to send out some encouragement or your own experience that related to it. So let's continue this conversation with each other in our community, in the Higher Self Community, on the Higher Self Community Discord. And I am going to be putting a link in the show notes to the Discord page and the Patreon. So make sure you hit those up. All right. I'm really excited to share this episode with you. Let's get it started. The first question is from an email. Hi, buddy. I recently had my heart broken. I accidentally fell in love with my housemate this spring while we were both recovering from a very traumatic winter where we both got our hearts broken by the same person. I loved him so much. I cooked him breakfast every morning. I rubbed his feet. I helped him process so much of his trauma. I nurtured him and cared for him. We even went on a road trip together where we visited his entire extended family and we cuddled every single night. We did almost everything together and were partners in basically every sense of the word. Sounds like a relationship, right? The thing is, he never made me feel wanted. In terms of physical intimacy, He wouldn't kiss me. He just wanted us to touch our bodies together. He never told me I was special and important to him as a friend or otherwise. It was one of those weird queer quasi situations where there's so much intimacy and he relied on me for so much emotional support, but there was never any acknowledgement. I started to realize all of this when the lease was about to be up on our apartment. So I told him why I was hurting and that I needed space. He was so kind, gentle, and understanding. He seemed to truly understand the ways he had hurt me. He told me I was like family to him. I recently checked in with him like I said I would and said I needed more space to process and he texted me back and all he said was, I'm not interested in talking. It was so cold and short and careless, especially after the ways I've worked so hard to communicate with him. He's living in a whole other city now, going to grad school. I'm still in the same city finishing my degree. I respect his need to move on and that he's setting the boundary, but after everything we've been through together, I'm just so, so hurt that all he can give me is a text like that. I loved him, I still love him. I know he's dealing with so much trauma and abandonment issues and I know not to take it personally but my heart hurts so much. I'm also just worried about him. I know him really well. I loved living with him and I loved loving him even though a lot of it was fucked up. I'm just sad and lonely and I feel like he took so much from me. Men take and take and take and now I feel empty. He treated me like I was disposable and a tool for his healing. And he treats a lot of women like that. How do I move on and reclaim myself when I honestly don't want to? I feel like a failure. I spent so much energy loving him that I lost myself along the way. I'm also living alone now, so the loneliness and pain in my heart feels especially strong. Thank you, Bunny. Hi, hon, I'm so sorry that, you know, this is happening and you're in so much pain over this. I do think his text saying I'm not interested in talking was really insensitive. I have no idea what he is thinking. You know, he could feel upset and angry at you for needing space, or he could be feeling rejected and wanting to say something that would make himself, you know, feel like he had more power in the situation. He could be feeling hurt or he could just be being cruel and insensitive. But in the end, that isn't what matters now. This is not someone who can give you what you need in a relationship. Because what you needed from him was never something that he was willing to give you. In the email, you put all the power in his hands. He never made me feel special. He wouldn't kiss me he took me to see his extended family, he wanted to rub bodies, he treats women this way. Well, what gave you the idea that with all those red flags, this relationship could become something that you wanted? If you go along with that behavior, you are giving a signal that you are okay with it. You put all the power in his hands And hoped and prayed in the end that he would change into the person that you needed him to be. But the two of you were both heartbroken from that earlier incident. And just trying to feel better from that by becoming more intimate and more bonded in your pain. I'm not saying what happened is your fault. I'm saying all of this because in the future I want you to acknowledge what you deserve and empower yourself. To make choices that reflect your needs and your boundaries. Truthfully, I think a lot of the pain that you are feeling right now is being mad at yourself for taking care of him and not taking care of yourself. And now it is time to do that. You didn't give yourself enough time to process the heartbreak that you were going through. Both of you used each other as a cozy distraction from that. So now you are really feeling your feelings. Remember, there is no such thing as rejection. There is only the universe saying, no, this isn't for you. And your higher self already knew that. But I don't think you were listening to what your heart needed. You were just wanting to be what he needed. The reason why it's so important to have a daily practice of connecting to your higher self is because it keeps that line of communication open. When you don't check in with what your heart really needs, not what your ego wants, but what your heart needs, then you will most likely not get the message. It can be as simple as when a relationship starts developing or changing or transitioning, asking your higher self, what is best for me here? What is my self-love guiding me to do? I think you eventually reached that place after you were already hurt by him when you did tell him how you felt and said you needed space and I think that's great that you did that. But there is so much pain and suffering we can protect ourselves from when we check in. Going through really difficult times in our lives help us reach a new understanding about our needs. We learn new ways of taking care of ourselves what our boundaries are, what type of relationships, romantic or platonic, actually work for us. We learn how to be self-compassionate and patient with our process. We learn how to read the red flags. The grief and the sadness that you feel right now from the disappointment of the expectations that you had for him, expectations that might not have been as realistic as you had hoped for, that grief will pass with time and your loneliness will transform into spiritual solitude because this is a good time for you to be alone and to connect with your higher self in a deeper way. Even though it's painful, it's these moments where we have a deeper understanding and we actually realize the things that we had been looking for To find that love, we're within us the whole time. Connect to that love within you. It's been waiting for you. You deserve respect, kindness, and love, and nurturing, and all of the things that you had hoped he'd give you. That is what you need to give yourself. And that is the lesson. I'm sending you so much love, babe. You're going to be okay. Hi,
1: bunny. First of all, thank you so much for the work that you do. It is so helpful for me and so many people around me, and I'm really glad you take the time to do what you do. I'm sending this message because I've noticed that I'm kind of stuck in thought patterns that I'm not sure how to let go of. Basically, I'm thinking about my ex-partner a lot, even though we broke up, or specifically I broke up with him seven years ago. For a long time, After that, I did not really want another relationship and I somehow kind of thought that we, in the end, belonged together, I guess. We actually met again in 2017 and I was able to talk to him or we were able to talk about some of the things that led to the breakup and I felt like it was a really helpful and healing thing to meet up again. In 2018, I met my current partner and I have been with him until now. And getting to know him, I realized I was kind of running away from intimate relationships after the breakup with my ex. I knew I still had things to get over or work through, but I realized that doesn't mean I need to run away again from this relationship. So I kind of dived into it with him. And I have been with my partner for a couple of years now. We've been through the pandemic together and we share a flat. And despite the ups and downs that we have, because we're also from different cultural backgrounds, we are quite happy together. Yet the thoughts about my ex kind of cross my mind again and again. I wonder how he's doing and if he still thinks of me in a way. I feel like it has nothing to do with him as a real person, but rather with how he still lives in my mind, or this idea of him lives in my mind. And I somehow feel like I don't or cannot let go of him, or this idea of the past relationship. I find myself comparing how madly in love I felt with him to the love I feel for my partner, which is more in a way calm and toned down and less dramatic than the love that I felt for my ex-partner. And this might also have to do with my current relationship not being a long-distance relationship, whereas my old relationship was a yeah, long-distance relationship spanning, actually, continents, where we never lived together long-term. So we never had this everyday life, in a way. And I think that's part of why I kind of idealize this old relationship. and. Even though I know all these things, still I'm thinking about him and thinking about those times a lot. And from what I researched online, this is actually something a lot of people go through. And I'm just wondering how I can really get over it and can let go of this idea that maybe my ex-partner, because of how madly in love I was with him, is the one person I need to be with or was supposed to be with. I want to be in the present with my current partner and cherish the relationship we have. I would love to hear your higher self perspective on this situation and these thought patterns. And I'm really
0: thankful for everything you do. I wish you a really good week and all the best. It's not a coincidence that most romantic films end right when the couple actually gets together or gets married, or they are about something terribly dramatic happening like an affair or a difficult breakup. Those are more entertaining to watch because it seems the stakes are high, the emotions are over the top. Not a lot of people want to watch a film About a long term relationship going well and nothing much happening. So, yeah, we do have a bit of a distorted idea of what a passionate relationship looks like. Truthfully, love is peaceful, it's calm, it's spacious, it's present. Love is a state of awareness. We don't fall in love with people, we find people who being around them takes us to that place where we are in the awareness of love. There are a lot of couples who are supposedly madly in love, but spend most of their time together just plain mad, fighting constantly, putting each other down, saying terrible things to each other. So many people treat the one person they supposedly love with disdain And that seems like perfectly acceptable behavior in a partnership. Sometimes people even create drama to try and start a fight to make the other person prove how much they love them. They push them past their boundaries. They make them uncomfortable and unsafe. It's really, really distorted. So yeah, I think the drama of your old long-distance relationship And the subsequent breakup and you, you know, breaking his heart has somewhat become romanticized in your mind. It's become a fantasy. And it's totally okay to fantasize every once in a while. It doesn't mean that you are unhappy in your life. It doesn't mean that the fantasy is real either. And it's totally natural to think of your exes. I mean, it happens. It's like, You go through your past again, you rehash your past. I still think of, you know, things that happened to me (laughs) decades ago, you know? If you want to stop a thought pattern, like any other thought pattern, the first step is becoming conscious of when it's happening, which you seem to have a handle on that, right? You're noticing this. Then, once you have a handle on that, you begin expanding your understanding of why you're having that thought. That's the second step. Why am I thinking about this? Like, what is the cultural context? What is the conditioning? How does it relate to my trauma? You already said it's this idealized version of the past. It's a fantasy. It's an attachment to the conditioning that love equals drama. You said your relationship now is so calm compared to that. Well, part of your conditioning is telling you calm isn't, isn't correct, right? Calm is, is boring, but truthfully calm is peace, okay? And you do deserve peace in your life. So there's that conditioning happening. Another reason could be maybe you do want more excitement in your current relationship, but until now you haven't opened your mind to the idea that excitement doesn't have to equal drama, right? You can open your mind to the idea of trying new things with your current partner, You know, to make it more romantic, to change up the pattern. Another thing I'm sensing is that because you have made these thoughts so important, these thoughts about your ex, you know, you've you've kind of red flagged them, you're stuck in an unnecessary cycle of taking them too seriously. They are stoking fear in you. And whatever you fear, you empower. Okay, so now that there's a little more understanding as to why your mind might be going to these places, how do you change that? The third step is you ask your higher self to replace that thought. What would your higher self say in those moments? Would your higher self say something like, hey, don't put too much importance on that, babe, or you know this is just a fantasy, right? Remember, it didn't work out with him and for a reason. Or, you deserve to be happy and content with the life that you have now. Or, hey, maybe you should plan a date with your boo. Take out a piece of paper and write out some stuff your higher self would say in response. This is how we change the pattern, by replacing it with better patterns, with new thoughts, so that When you do think about the ex, rather than it triggering that fear or that story you're telling yourself about how that relationship was actually more passionate than this one because it was more dramatic, even though it was long distance and actually never got to that point, we replace those thoughts and those beliefs with new belief systems. We replace what our fear is telling us with what our love is telling us. And it's an active practice. Like, it takes intention. It doesn't just happen automatically. Like, we really have to work on it. And, you know, that's part of the process of why I started writing the memes was because I actually needed to write out the psychological change. You know, I actually needed to break down what I wanted to replace those thoughts with. And then you just practice the repetitiveness of practicing it. Eventually, that thought about your ex will represent something different. It will represent your highest self. It will represent showing you how much you've grown, how evolved you are, how mature, emotionally mature your relationship is now, and how that is a testament to your inner growth and knowing what you actually deserve. Believe it or not, we all have the power to change our reality by consciously choosing what to focus on. It might take some time, you know, and patience, but I promise you, it works. Hi, buddy. Um, thank you, as always, for what
2: you're doing, and I hope you're doing well. Um, I have a question about relationships, <laughs> romantic relationship. Um. I started dating a, a close friend of mine after a couple of years, and it's been really, really exciting um, and really affirming to start on this new stage of our relationship, um, and all that's been really positive. But um, something that has been stressful for both of us is that he has um, really um, conservative, do parents who don't approve of him dating in the first place, let alone dating someone who isn't of his religion or ethnicity. Um, I feel, and he and I are still discussing this, figuring out how this makes us feel as, um, in, in our shared like relationship space. But what we have talked about and, and come to an agreement about is that, um, First, like we have both have faith in the fact that our relationship is something we both think is good for us and and something that we want to keep in our lives. So regardless of people not approving, um, we want to keep trying our best in this relationship. But that being said, if we are going to keep trying our best in this relationship and keep working on it and being in it, then we do have to face um, the... Stress and um, pain a little bit of what it's going to be like for me to interact with his family in the future or for him to even interact with his family moving forward um, because they really um, don't approve of this. So, yeah, I guess uh, that's, yeah, that's the context. I'm, I'm wondering if you have any advice for how to manage this conflict between what I think and I know in my heart is the right thing for me to be doing, um, between that and, um, what other people might think, especially when those people, um, are people that I would like to, uh, show my respect to, um,
0: Yeah, that's my question. Thanks so much. All right, bye. I'm so sorry that you have to go through this. It is so unfortunate when people cannot see beyond their own learned hierarchical beliefs. You know, this happens a lot in relationship dynamics and families. First, I think it would be helpful to separate the components of what is going on right one component is his relationship with his family then there is your relationship to his family and then there is y'all's relationship the two of you i think it's important to separate them to get more of a clear picture as to like what you're working with as for his relationship with his family i'm sure it is really hurtful to him that they are not supporting his happiness and on his own he's going to have to work on healing that wound which goes deeper than this relationship i promise you i mean i'm sure there's a long history of feeling pressure of needing to meet his parents expectations he is going to have to find what boundaries work for him you know what he discusses with them what happens when They say something to him that is offensive or, you know, what all of that stuff, that's stuff that he has to work on himself. And I mean, like when they're talking to him, when you're not there, right? You know, family stuff cuts deep and you can't be the only support system that he has for dealing with that. Then there is your relationship to his family, You need outside support to help you discover what boundaries will keep you emotionally safe. And by outside support, I mean outside of your relationship. Talking to a therapist or someone you trust about what boundaries would make you feel safe is so important. This isn't an issue about being respectful to his family. There is nothing disrespectful about wanting to be treated like an equal There's nothing disrespectful about wanting to protect your emotional safety. And if seeing them or spending time with them is painful to you, you shouldn't feel pressure to have to put yourself in that position. It won't serve anyone for you to play small so that other people can feel big. I know you want to be there for your partner, but don't neglect your own needs in that process. And then there is y'all's relationship. It's really important that the two of you are on the same page about boundaries that make both of you feel safe. Talk to each other and figure out a game plan together when it comes to dealing with his family as a couple. Your relationship is sacred and creating a safe container for your love separate from this issue will help keep the toxicity out of it. It's going to take a lot of communication and checking in, but going through something like this together, although it's unfortunate, can also strengthen your bond. Mostly, I want you to try your best to not take their family issues personally. This isn't about you. It's about their own limitations. Everyone deserves to love whoever they want to love. It really sickens me to see parents try and control their children's lives in this way. Your higher self can help protect you as you navigate this through staying in the consciousness of compassion. Compassion doesn't mean condoning their behavior or their opinions. It means giving you the vision to see past it to the truth behind it. His parents are simply afraid of what they don't know. And they feel like they know what's best, ignorantly. Their behavior most likely is mirroring what their parents did to them, right? That's why these toxic dynamics keep continuing. You know, it's a cycle. They don't realize it, but you coming into their life is an opportunity for them to heal their wounds. Let's hope they take it, right? But in the meantime, take care of yourself. Nothing can diminish the love that you two have together. No one's opinions, no one's issues. That love is sacred. And keep it in a sacred space as much as you can. A lot of times, you know, parents do evolve and change. I know that when I had my first girlfriend in high school, you know, my parents were totally against it. And it was painful for me, it was painful for my girlfriend. There are times when I remember I was like 15 and my girlfriend started cussing out my dad and like saying F you to my dad and that was a word that never got said in our home and in growing up and like my parents and it was just oh my gosh it was so difficult it was such a difficult time but despite all of that difficultness you know it took a while but my parents did evolve and they did grow and they, they did learn and they were accountable to their mistakes and they realized that you know The way they were treating me was based on their own wounds and how they grew up and and all of that stuff, you know? And, And in that way, me having a girlfriend was very healing to them. So there is hope for that, but you don't need that, right? To know how worthy you are, okay? All right, sending love. This question is from an email. Hey bunny, I'm a new listener to your podcast and I'm loving it so far. Your kind words mean a lot. I'm 17 and currently live with my mother and sister who both suffer from intense depression and anxiety. Neither of them are able to express their emotions in healthy ways, so it usually leads to them blowing up on me. My mom and sister can be so, so kind to me, and I love them both so dearly, but it's so hard to love myself and them at times when they belittle and project onto me so much. Blaming me for things that aren't my fault, telling me there's something wrong with me, and I more often than not internalize it. When they hurt me, we talk things out. They validate my feelings, apologize to me, and show they're self-reflecting and it feels really good. Then a week later, the same thing happens again. I'm having such a hard time loving in this home and in this cycle, and I was wondering if you had any advice. Thank you again for being such a light on this earth. Oh, sweetheart, I am so sorry that this has been so hard for you. It's really rough when our family members treat us unfairly and seem to be, you know, so unloving. I really hope that your mom and sister are getting treatment for their anxiety and depression and hopefully going to therapy. It's not just enough to you know, say you're sorry, you have to actually change your behavior. What I think can be helpful to you is to remember to separate the behavior from who they really are. People's mental health issues are not their fault, although it is their responsibility to be accountable to them. When your mom or sister is behaving that way, try reminding yourself that this is their depression talking not their true self, and that you do love them, you just don't love their depression. It will help you separate the love that is real between you and give you a little cushion to not take it as personally. People treat people the way they feel about themselves. When they tell you there is something wrong with you, it's because they fear there is something wrong with them. That's all that's happening, it's projection. The healing comes when you practice not internalizing it. You stop empowering the depression and the behavior from that when you call bullshit on it. It's an illusion that has momentarily taken over, like an energy, but you don't have to take that energy on. Do what you need to do to walk away and not engage as much as you can. I really want you to find an outside support system to help you manage the emotional process of this. Be it a counselor at school, or therapy, I know that's not always accessible to everybody, or reaching out to a trusted friend, or a family member that you know can really be there for you. Sharing your feelings in a safe environment will help you not internalize them. It's really good to let it out. Let out your frustrations and anger and sadness, but in a safe space. You are 17 and you can make plans to eventually leave that living environment and build a space that is just for you. I think you are really brave and loving and compassionate towards your family, which is really a testament to how connected you are to your heart. Make sure you direct that kindness to yourself as well. I'm sending you so much love, babe. Well, that wraps up episode 56. Don't forget to sign up for the Patreon at patreon.com slash so you can attend our very first live show. I'm really, really excited about it. I'd love to see you there. Make sure to check out the Discord page. We're really building community there. We've got channels for advice you can ask the community if you're going through something you want a little perspective we have a channel for recommendations like people recommending spiritual books or podcasts that have helped them along the way i'm starting a thread about the podcast and feedback about that or discussion on the episode or previous episodes And we also have a channel for affirmations that people share, you know, like mantras that have really helped them. So yeah, it's a really great resource and the more people get involved in it, the greater their resource will be. So it's a way for you to contribute and it's a way for you to get support. So for all of you that are sending in questions and I'm saying like, hey, seek outside support, the Discord page is one avenue that I'm trying to create to facilitate that, right? I'm trying to connect people with other people that understand, you know, this journey and who are going through it too. And I think that that is really, really important. You know, I think it's really important to reach out and I think it's really important to share and ask for help when you need it. So the link for the Discord is in the show notes. Don't be shy, come say hi, (laughs) we're on there. I'm wishing y'all a beautiful week remember you have everything you need within you. Just let that light shine and let that light guide you on your path to creating the future that you really want. Okay. I love you. And so does your higher self. I'll see you next time. Bye. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari.